Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, everybody. This is Terry Gillen, and uh, we are starting a new show. You may remember me from The Light of Truth, which I did a while ago, and you can still find that in the archives. Uh, I am bringing this uh, culmination of topics and people your way to bring the mystical life into everyday life for regular people, which is really what I do. And that's what I've done for decades now. And uh, it's, it's very exciting to start this new chapter. And uh, I'm just kind of letting my sidekick know that uh, we're on and started. And uh, so Sharon will be joining us. And uh, so we, it's always more fun to have a couple of voices. So if you're not familiar with me, my name is Terry, and Terry Gillen, and uh, I sometimes go by Truth Light when people like to have a spirit name. And uh, I have been in the world of mystics for most of my life now. And, um, and so what I really enjoy doing is bringing that to regular people because I find that a lot of people can go way over to kind of a more dramatic side and um, they start to lose their footing. So if you notice in our description it says a new uh, flake-free zone because I just don't do the real flaky thing. I don't put down people who do. It's just not my thing because I'm here to really work with uh, kind of everyday people. And so it's my pleasure to bring this new format your way. And uh, I hope you'll check out the other shows on The Light of Truth. You can find that on Blog Talk as well. And you can find me with my website. It's mysticaltruth.com. And uh, you can always reach me with Facebook, email, phone number from the website. And uh, I do readings, life coaching, medium work, house clearings, just all kinds of different things. Um, and so I'm going to uh, bring – I have a caller on the other line. I'm hoping it's my sidekick. We'll see. Hello. Are you there? Well, hi, Terry. Yes, I am. Hi. How are you? It's so funny. I didn't recognize the phone number. I'm like, do I want to bring this person over? Do I want to wait for Sharon? And then it clicked and went, oh, maybe that's Sharon. <laughs> Point of no return. <laughs> See? This is what you get for being a mystic. <laughs> you can't be in the real world it was sometimes. Probably me. <laughs> oh, well, I should have, right? Yeah. Right, not all sometimes. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So I think this is kind of exciting to start this new format, and it's a brand new, fresh start, uh, free from any of the old stuff that I've been connected with. And I have a new sidekick, and probably a few other new sidekicks that will kind of come and go because there's so many neat people. But right now we have you, and you're really the reason that this got started because you kicked me in the butt and made it work. So, well, people can either thank you or blame you. <laughs> it might be a little of both, depending on the topic. It might so. be. <laughs> I was, well, you know, I was, I was having really- coffee. I was having coffee with a friend this morning, and um, one of my things is that I tend to uh, bring upheaval, like in a good way, right? And so I have a knack for just hitting the sore spots that people have to look at without meaning to. And I kept doing it. In our conversation, I just kept saying just the wrong thing to make her think about a situation she didn't want to think about. <laughs> so I think there are people who sometimes would wish I would just go away. <laughs> so. Well, 
you know, working with you has brought a little bit of change in my life. So yeah, has it now a little? <laughs> yes, just just a small amount. Yes. <laughs> so Not for the faint of heart, sometimes. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, <laughs> I'm told my coaching is a white knuckle ride. Yes. Probably. So. Yes. <laughs> um, so you and I kind of played with this, and and so how about if we take this first little bit of the first show to kind of tell people who it's for, kind of what the game plan is at the moment anyway. And because um, you're, you're kind of typically the person I work with. You're a great, uh, what do you call it? Example. That's the one. And so if you don't mind, would you share a little bit about your path and your story? And if you're so, sure. if you're so inclined. Yeah, very happy to do that. Didn't tell and, you I was doing that, uh, did I? <laughs> no, you didn't. So I was like, all right, who am I? <laughs> uh, so, so I first encountered, uh, and this would be the stereo, stereotypical flaky thing that one might think of, uh, but, but first met you in Sedona, Terry, uh, back in yeah. 2013 and was just out there vacationing with some friends. And mm-hmm. uh, our paths, quote, unquote, happened to have crossed. Um, and at that point in time, I had spent – Oh, my goodness, almost two decades uh, working in the engineering industry, uh, just finished up with a, a degree in business, and we were there to do some celebration with some friends, and you gave us a reading. And it was a very profound experience and brought some new insights into my life. But we packed up and went back, and I went back to my day job, and I thought life was going to go on as usual. Um, a couple years down the road, we met again, and uh, more things started clicking into gear. What, what's happened is as we've worked together, and I, I will say that everything accelerated just about a year ago, Terry, uh, if I remember correctly. I had a big change that I was contemplating in my life and thought, you know, it's time to have a reading with Terry again. So reached out to you, and at the time, again, I was still working as an engineer, still doing my day-to-day thing, taking care of the dogs, going home, making dinner, dot, 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 just like the average Joe or Joanne. And um, (laughs) we had a discussion about some changes um, and why they would likely be necessary. And um, I listened to them. And my life began unfolding in a very interesting way to, to the point where I found that the more I listened and felt versus using the logical brain, it was Mm -hmm. very interesting. Um, But I've certainly had some friends question my sanity as time has gone past here. As Um, they do. (laughs) they, they, They do. They do. But I found the more that I allow and the more that I listen, the easier the path becomes. Um, very but it, nice. it's just those li- yeah, it's just those little things in life that and so if you would start you, paying attention. Would you kind of quantify yourself as being kind of a, a regular person and having oh been goodness, a regular yes. person? Yeah, very much so. Professional oh, and having a yep. full life. And so, what um, what would you say that you see? And you know, because I'm not in that lifestyle, right? I'm in this lifestyle in the world of the mystics and all that. So what would you say you see happening 
with people in that element because that's really what what I am drawn to work with and who I've been working with most of my life, but but you're coming from there and I think that's kind of the the group that we're speaking to is sort of regular people who are maybe beginning to awaken or um what have you seen going on in the average Joe world, you know, that's kind of leading to people finding something like this or finding people like me? I, I think a lot of it is that um, what used to work either doesn't work any longer or it, it's almost as if it no longer fits. Like you, you, you've got a shirt that's too tight or too baggy, and I'd say probably in this case too tight. Um, that there seems to be more out there and a different way needs to be found. It's just not working anymore, just not feeling right anymore. But it's how do you put your finger on that and figure out what that is? Okay, nice. And so how did this work for you to implement, because we have been working together for a little bit now, to implement these things right. into your regular life, has it really had to disrupt things? I mean, I know there have been changes, but would you say right. that it's been disruptive and that you've lost a lot? Because I find that I think a lot of people have a fear of of losing what they've worked so hard for if they allow this side of themselves to awaken or come to the surface or be addressed. And I've so, actually do you see that. that? Well, go ahead. I, I oh, think I it brings more to your life. Okay, yes, me too. And and yeah. it, it's richer and I think more meaningful. And you see more of the synchronicities in life. Things actually seem to make more sense rather than less sense the more you pay attention to it. Yes, nice. Okay, so it's not scary, right? People don't have to no, be afraid no, of it? No, not at all. Well, maybe the first step is a little scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you but know, you, you know, were so ready. <laughs> right. Yeah, you were right. so ready that it um, it was just like fruit falling off the tree. I mean, it was you were just so ready. You barely even needed me. I'm just suggesting but, but, things. But you're so ready, you know. But. There's suggesting, but then there's also supporting. So a lot of it is you, you may have that gut feeling. And in working with you, which a lot of what you did, you were able to validate. And help me realize, no, really, you, what, what you do believe is correct. It is correct. So go ahead and listen to your instincts. You were help, able to help me fine-tune things. Uh, but a lot of it is you were able to... to um, Again, validate in ways that others couldn't for me or perhaps could help it happen more quickly. Okay, nice. So what would – just uh, we're just going to do this one little bit and then we're going to get to our topic. Um, sure. But I just think it's important the first time around to kind of let people know who and what we are. So what would you say is the – the person or type of person that is um, maybe searching or who is this show for in your in your eyes? Oh my goodness. You know, I think it's for really anybody who is open 
to exploring other ways of thinking or being. I think really anybody, and it doesn't matter how quickly or how slowly you want to implement change in your life, I think it's really for anybody. Nice. Okay. Good. Yeah, it's funny because our our ideal person that I typically work with will say is anywhere from 30 to 60, but I also work a lot, and leading into our topic, I also work a lot with young adults and kids, and mostly I work with the parents of the young adults and the kids because I get the kids, I understand them, and I'm a parent, you know, I'm in my 50s, so I've raised my kids, and and so I kind of get both sides of the fence because I also was one of those kids, you know, because I've been psychic my whole life. Um, and so it's kind of funny to put a like a demographic to it. It is a little difficult, I think. Um, but there you go. We're for anybody, I guess. <laughs> anybody and everybody. So we today we kind of wanted to talk about uh, the youth in our world and the mystical, metaphysical, spiritual, energetic aspect of our youth and what's really going on on that level uh, because this is a huge one. I've done a lot of shows when, when I was doing The Light of Truth. I did a lot of shows on this. I've taught a lot of classes. I've done just a lot of different things around this topic. Um, and I did also reach out to my friend Spring Rain Peony, who uh, is an author and uh, she works with these special kids, meaning the kids who are, you know, the kids that are coming through are very psychic, very intuitive, very mystical, very, whether they know it or not, is irrelevant because they're coming through at such a high uh, frequency. They're such old souls. They're all these different things that uh, can baffle us as parents and as society that's dealing with them. They have very different needs. And so uh, Spring and I work together a lot. She works with the kids and I work with the parents. And uh, so I'm hoping she'll be able to call in. It was a last-minute, hey, do you want to hop on this call thing? But... um, We'll see if uh, she has a three-year-old, so you never know. <laughs> so, um, to what you're saying, Terry, is, uh, again, if we were saying the 30 to 60, right, the parents or mm-hmm. well, some of us who are in our 50s can be grandparents um, yep. of, yep. of the, the, the youth, the, the, these new humans that are out there, is if we're not aware of how they, they are actually different from us, we can get in their way and we can really frustrate or block or inhibit some of the things that they have come here to do and that they bring to new humanity. Yes. And we are getting in their way and blocking them, crushing them, squashing them. Um, So, uh, yeah, yeah. It's important. It's a very important topic. And it's funny because there's just, there are so many different levels of it that we could go into, so many different facets. So it's definitely more than a one-show thing. But let's start with uh, kind of what led us into this topic was um, your your sort of seeing at the event you did. You're an artist, and you can certainly, uh, I think you should tell people your website because you do fantastic Ah. stuff. So how can they find you? Sure, they can find me at reddogcreationsllc.com. 
Um, And I had the opportunity to be a vendor at uh, a festival this weekend and had my art on display. And what was interesting is as the the people were flowing through the booth, so I had my tent up there and it was a nice, cool Minnesota, Minnesota day. And even if the kids and their parents were coming past and they'd stop in the stroller, I'd look out and... Normally, at least me stereotypically in the past, I would have just taken a look. Oh, it's a cute little two-year-old, a year-and-a-half-year-old in their stroller with mom and dad, and they're fidgeting around or they're doing whatever. But the it, it was amazing, this eye contact. It was this prolonged, deep eye contact with these these little humans in their, in their strollers. And it, it, there was a real depth to the communication that was going on between us this, this visual, this energetic, soul-to-soul type of communication. It was very, very different and a, a huge aha moment for me. Nice. <clears throat> and so um, what was your experience with that? I know it was an aha moment and all of that, but what was the experience really when you – we're encountering them and They're, having this experience. What was that like? To me, it was, so one of the things that I felt about the weekend was there was a lot of love. And nice. a lot of the work that I do, um, I, I deliberately try to bring in some higher vibrational energy, if you will, that might be a little on the woo-woo side. But um, bringing, bringing in energy and helping add that to the art. And what it seemed to be is that they, they, they knew me at some level. And what I liked is I don't, there's this new human here and they have so much knowledge that they're bringing to it. Is here I am in my 50s and I think I know a lot, but I look at this, this young human here and they have so much that either A, I forgot about, as I became okay. an older human, right? Um, they, they perhaps see things that I don't see, or they feel things that I'm just relearning how to feel. Um, there was just this I know you um, type of sensation that I had with these young people, these young humans. Nice. Okay. And, 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 and where, how do you see that, Terry? <laughs> there you go. So yeah, I really, I really enjoy uh, that experience, and I've, I've seen this shift coming about for years and years and years and years and years. The kids have been getting deeper, older souls coming through that kind of thing. So no longer is it common really to stare at a child and see just kind of a blob there it's uh i've even noticed oh yeah we're gonna go here so i'll tell you one of the neatest things about babies and the new kids and all of that one of my neatest experiences was uh, a dear friend of mine at the time had a child and it was his first day here coming out of mama and uh, he was just, I don't know, maybe a couple hours old. And I'm holding him, and now I communicate with them when they're in the womb. 
so he and I knew each other. We had already done a past life regression and gotten him past some fears and so that he could be born without any problems. So now I'm, I'm there with him, right? So we know each other. And I'm holding him, and I'm realizing that this being is now in this body that has entered this new reality, and I'm watching him move his arms and his legs and his eyes and his head and newborn moving his head and all that. You're, they Supposedly they don't do that. Well, he was. Um, and I could see that it was like this energy that had gotten into this machine, the human body, right? And he was trying to figure out how to work it. And it was the coolest thing. I just sat there holding him and watching him and when you look at them, they're kind of like moving their arms and moving their legs, and you can see this, this look of how do I make this weight? When I do that, the arm goes over there. And, I mean, I could see these thoughts going on, like he's trying to get a handle on this new machine he's in. And it was, it was very different because, you know, I've held lots of babies throughout the years, but this new batch that's coming through, meaning like within the last five or six years, really, and it's been going on since my kids were born. They're 30 and 26 now, but it's been getting more and more prevalent. They're aware. They are an awareness that has come into this body that they don't forget yet. They don't forget where they've been, what their past lives are. They don't forget what they're doing here. It is really amazing so I'm watching this little tiny child figuring out this body that he's in now and how to work it and really seeing that that's what's happening it's not like it used to be very different so that was really incredible to experience and I really encourage anybody who's working with with new babies and that kind of thing to sort of watch for this and see is it like it used to be or is it different (laughs) you know and, I mean, they're all a little different, but um, but I would encourage people to kind of watch for that. And then the experience that you're talking about, I love that experience because these kids are here, and it's like nobody sees them. They may see that they're cute, they have pretty eyes, they've got a pretty dress, but they don't seem to really see them for who they are beyond the outer shell, you know, because that that child suit that they're in, that's not who they are. They're an old soul in most cases now that has come in, or in many cases, I should say. They're an old soul or they're a soul that's been here many times or they're, you know, whatever it might be, whatever their situation is. And so when you have that encounter like that, the windows are the, and the eyes are the window to the soul, you know, and so you're seeing beyond the box they're in, the package they're in. And they recognize when you see them. And it's like this huge deal for them. It's, I love the experience because they see me too. And I think in this world, we don't see each other very often, you know. And so that exchange to me is like, Really, our souls are seeing one another. Our lights are seeing one another. Our inner beings are connecting, and it goes past the the flesh suit, you know. And it's to me, it's 
kind of cool. I love the look on their faces when they they get, wow, you see me, you know? It's, it, it's amazing, isn't it? Because you, you, you can it see is. that moment when, when you have that exchange and you realize what you're saying, and then they're like, oh, my God, goodness, this, this, this bigger machine, this, this, this right? bag, this adult suit, oh, my right? goodness, this one sees me, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a little wrinkly. It needs to go to the dry cleaners. But um, they, they do, they acknowledge. <laughs> the dry, clean, the dry they, cleaner could shrink this one. I'd be perfectly happy. I'm in there, too. But, but, but they do, they acknowledge it. And then it's so fun because when the parents, with at least a couple of them, when the parents came up and they're ready to move on, the little one would, we would lock eyes and they'd keep looking and we'd continue that gaze until we could no longer see one another. And th- this was the first time I've experienced it. And it was such a cool thing. And, and it goes back to just when you're talking about being in that new machine, the, the phrase I've heard sometimes is you're not a human who has a soul, you has a soul, you're a soul who has a human body. Yes. And yes. I think that's so important to remember. And so you, you were, were talking a little bit about this experience, actually, in, in a really amazing way, about the, these, these friends with the, their newborn and observing them trying out this new machine that they're in <laughs> and suggesting to folks to observe this. What else might you share with people as far as things to observe or to, or to understand? Well, first of all, I think just sticking with exactly what we're talking about, as as adults, as young adults, as other kids, as seniors, as whatever we might be, whatever stage in life we might be, it's not common, and we're very uncomfortable a lot of times with somebody, see, when we feel like somebody sees us, we almost cringe and close off, right? Yep. But yep. with a child, right, with a, a toddler, somebody who's not, talking to us or judging us or any of that um it's a neat experience for us too so i would encourage people to allow for that now it's not every kid but it's a lot of kids you know and so allow for that experience if you're in a restaurant and you see a little one instead of just cringing oh there's a child there or or just going oh look how cute that baby is or really just stopping and just kind of catching a glance and see if that eye, co- that eye contact comes naturally. And allow yourself to see them. Let them know you see them and you're looking past that little shell that they're in. And experience them seeing you. Because there's no danger in that, right? We're, we're nervous about it with other adults or other people that could give feedback and that kind of thing. But this experience with kids... It's a neat thing for people to to kind of play with because it's good. It's a win-win. It's an amazing when you were having that experience. How did it feel in your heart? How did it feel? What it gave you something, right? Oh my goodness! Um, it, some might call it a warm fuzzy or just that that warm feeling, but I could just feel the, the love flowing, uh, the heart chakra, however you want to describe it. It was this overflowing love, and I'll say a lot of joy. Um, yeah. You know, and it, yeah, yeah. Because they, in most cases at that age, they haven't been tainted yet. 
<laughs> they haven't been yeah. closed down That's yet. True. Yeah. So what <laughs> they have is joy and love, trust, yeah. all of those Bless. things that we tend to lose. And so, you know, there's, um, you know, that old saying of what you see in others you have in yourself, that kind of thing. But they see at a level, they see us at that level our joy, our love, our bliss, our trust, our vulnerability, you know, just, it's just honest. It's an honest exchange with nothing negative in the mix because they don't have any baggage yet to speak of. So I would definitely encourage people to kind of try that and, and know that you're giving to that little soul and they're giving to you and it's just a momentary exchange of of love and honesty and appreciation because did you not see appreciation on their faces i mean you oh. can see it in their eyes when they understand that you see them <gasps> wow they were thrilled they were thrilled yeah yeah they get uh-huh. so you can just see a switch in their eyes it's like they just yes it's like they're overjoyed Mm-hmm. You know, they and were, to be the really person were. who facilitated that is kind of a cool feeling, you know, <laughs> I think. <laughs> so. Oh, I thought it was. and It was like I, I couldn't wait for the next little one to stop. <laughs> right. So we could yeah. have that same, ex- a similar exchange. Right. Now, I will also and, uh, offer out to people who maybe aren't around kids very often that you can do the same thing with dogs. Yeah. Dogs are the same way. And so that look that you get, you can make eye contact with the dogs in your life, and eventually you'll see that shift, and they go, oh, you see past the fact that I'm a dog. Okay. And so it's kind of cool because you can have that relationship or that experience um, with household pets as well. I'm not a cat person, so I don't know if you have that with cats, I would imagine. (laughs) I am, Depends on the cat. I am all dog. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, I think, you know, animals are are another thing like kids. They, kids and animals haven't really typically been tainted. And so they're in their most natural form. And so you can have that exchange with them. And it's uh, I go to, um, there's a place here called Out of Africa, and they rescue a lot of animals. Um, that like lions and tigers and giraffes and rhinos and that kind of thing. And it's just really neat. I'm in Arizona, and so they're down kind of more in the deserty sort of aspect. And so they they have animals that are, you know, conducive to that environment. And so a lot of times I'll go there just to connect with the animals. And I'll spend a good part of the day there. And I just kind of sit and hang out and make eye contact with the animals, with the snakes, with the tigers, with the lions, with the whatever, and just kind of sit there and and wait until they're comfy. Usually I'll find quite a few animals that have that exchange with me. And so it's just that we're in such a hurry that we don't take the time to have that exchange, and it's really amazing. So it works with animals and children uh, because they don't have all of the stuff that we have put on them, frankly. Um, so it's uh, it's kind of a neat experience. 
Yeah. So the other thing, I guess, you know, there's these kids that we're talking about, um, they have a lot of different needs. And so if, you know, I do want to let people know, too, if they want to call in, if anybody happens to be listening, this is our first show and we didn't really promote it, but if anybody happens to be listening, um, you can call in and ask questions, make remarks, that kind of thing. Um, it always keeps it a little more lively. So, And uh, it's 310-742-1929 if you'd like to call in. Um, in the meantime, these these kids that we're talking about have very different learning styles, very different dietary needs. They're very psychic. They tend to uh, have a much higher energy level, which is why so many are are sort of uh, diagnosed. <laughs> you know, we have to, if they don't fit in the box, then we have to put a label on them, right? And so diagnosed with ADHD or schizophrenia or bipolar, all these different things when really in many, if not most cases, it's that they're extremely intuitive. They're not hearing voices. I mean, they're hearing voices, but they're not hearing voices that aren't there. They're just hearing voices that other people aren't hearing. And they're not seeing things that aren't there in a lot of cases. They're seeing things that other people don't see. It doesn't mean they're not there. So a lot of them have interdimensional seeing and hearing, and a lot of them are able to, whether they know it or not, I see a lot of them that are so psychic that they pick up on things and just immediately think they're theirs because there's no logical uh, no logical thing to, to kind of put it off to. So, for instance, if, <clears throat> say, we've got a family of four, right, and we've got a... a 14-year-old girl and a 5-year-old boy, okay? And mom had abuse issues, but she doesn't remember that, right? Because so many of us block it out. She's just blocked it out. She doesn't even remember it. But she is living with that in her, right, in her vibration, in her experience, but she doesn't even know about it. So obviously the rest of the family doesn't know about it. So... And then dad is just dad with whatever issues he has, right? Because we all have childhood stuff and whatever. But just even a typically happy family, right? Just a nice, normal family. One of those kids, or both of those kids, is perfectly capable of picking up mom's stuff that she doesn't even know she has. And psychically, empathically, operating out of that fear, of that distrust, of that I must be crazy because I'm feeling all these things and it doesn't make sense and all the anger and rage that if mom's subconscious were to allow her to remember, she would be going through, right? But these kids are so, so intuitive that a lot of times they pick things up that we don't even know are around, including our own issues, and so it's it's forcing the older generations, the parents, the grandparents, society, et cetera, to really face and deal with our issues that we in the past might have just chosen to have a few cocktails and let them remain, you know, buried. <laughs> we, we can't necessarily do that anymore. They're pushing us to be the most that we can be 
because if we don't deal with our issues, they're having to. Let me ask you a question on that, Terry, because Mm -hmm. we've had conversations on this where, um, not to the same degree, but you'll all of a sudden you feel uncomfortable or you'll feel anger. This speaking as, as, as an adult, um, I walk into a room or I have an encounter with someone or whatever it is. All right. But all of a sudden my energy or my mood or my feelings have shifted and we've talked about that. And it's about, no, you, you need to understand your energy versus that of someone else or the place around you. So yes, when you're the when you're the, the the transmitter, right? So that would be mom or dad uh-huh. for being a transmitter, and the kids are they're, they're receivers. So that the, yes. the child doesn't quite know where they're picking it up because they've not learned how to tune into their own frequency. And mom and dad, they're like a a, a crazy TV station or radio broadcast or whatever that's just transmitting right. everywhere, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> so you right. Get all this and especially when it's it buried. Especially if it's like a yeah. buried situation or something that mom has never spoken of or whatever, then it it really creates some scramble there. Yes, and so it's yeah. important. So how do you- that's an important aspect to really uh, begin to learn to deal with just in day to day life is how to kind of get wait is this mine is this somebody else's because what can happen is people can then start to, there's that whole, um, I forget what they call it. I just watched a documentary on it the other day. But people can at times, their their mind will start to create false memories. That's it, create false memories to fill in the blanks of what they're feeling. And so it becomes a real thing because then it's like, well, wait, who was abused? You know? Sure. Because the child is exhibiting symptoms of someone who was abused because they're picking up what happened with mom and not knowing, but then everybody starts trying to fill in the blanks of, wait, why is this happening? How is this happening? It's textbook, whatever, you know, and it just creates this real mass confusion. And it can be anything. That's just, it's a very common theme that I see, actually. Um, that's not a family that I'm that I've worked with. It's just one that I made up, but it's a common theme. Um, and you know, parents with addictions, that kind of thing as well. The kids will start behaving in the manner that the parents do because they're picking up the what they're what the parents are transmitting. So, well, and, and, and I would that go back to. Um, you, you, your body, your your physical body doesn't know the difference between something that has happened physically and something that's that that is mentally there. So whether it's originated in in the child or if they picked it up from the parent, the body doesn't know the difference. Correct. Which can be good and can be bad. Depends on right. Um, in the sense, it can be good in the sense that. Um, you can use it for positive everything, right? It's just a it's just a energy or a right potential. So you can use that for good things as well. That's what athletes use visualization for and that kind of thing. They actually can 
monitor their muscles actually getting energy to them, getting blood flow to them just through visualization. So it's very similar to picking up energy and the body taking on the joy, the bliss, the trauma, the disharmony, the harmony, the whatever it might be. Um, it's, I know as, as an empath my whole life, so an empath is someone who feels energy, um, I take on a lot of trauma that has nothing to do with me. And I don't mean drama because I don't take the drama that comes with it, but I do get a lot of trauma on my body. So I have this wonderful massage therapist who, <laughs> who will massage me and go, wow, you had uh, some interesting clients this week, didn't you? <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, kind of, because my body has taken on the trauma of what these people were going through just because the energy <clears throat> is there and and kind of moving into it's just like uh, two bodies of water coming together. You know, if there's something running through one body of water that's not so healthy and they join, it goes into the next, right? right. So <clears throat> it's, um, it is something to be aware of because a lot of people are very empathic and they don't know it. So we all have those what people refer to as intuitive or psychic abilities, mystical gifts, that kind of thing, they're really just nature. It's not anything but nature. And so it's just beginning to understand it's how we process or translate energy. Do we see it? Do we hear it? Do we just know it? Do we feel it? And uh, we have all of those abilities, but we tend to kind of do one or two more than the others. So, it's just that understanding and beginning if you're if you have a family, you know, understanding, hey, how does little Susie process energy? How does she pick energy up? Like really getting to know that for your kids. You know, so for instance, my kids when they were young, obviously since I grew up with this, it's something that was done in our house. So I knew and still know uh how they process and translate energy. And so helping them to develop those things and be able to kind of discern, is this me, is this not me? And then take responsibility for it. You know, a lot of people, they'll say, well, it's not me. I'm just, I'm an empath and I'm just feeling everybody's energy and I'm so angry now or I'm so depressed now. or That's kind of not really how it should go. <laughs> we want to identify you know, and then go, okay, that's not mine, so I don't need to feel that anymore. What am I feeling, right? So, which kind of goes back to what you were saying about when you go into a room or something and your energy shifts, you've just recently really been working with that, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So how has that been for you? Because you don't, because once you identify it, then you don't have to still feel it, you know? No, you don't. Right, you take responsibility for how you feel. So how has That's that been right. for you now that you've been working with it for just a little bit? It, it's actually helped, in fact, today. Uh, just recently, the, the difference between having a few few tools in my tool, toolbox, if you will, um, versus a few weeks ago when I encountered something similar is it, it took me a few moments and then I realized what had happened. So I was in a place where I could sit down and just, just center myself and spend time with it and say, no, this is not my energy that has shifted. I think it's coming from here. And um, 
I need to balance out this energy that's coming from this, this, this other location, whether it was a person, in this case it was a person, but it could have been from a place that I had gone into and I was able to consciously settle myself down and just let it go. Um, being, I, I, don't know if the, I don't think the word transform is correct, but balancing was the big one. Um, just knowing that, that that's not where I was, and so I don't need to have that there. I don't need to bring that vibration in, that feeling in, that sensation in. But it, it, like, like any new skill, it is going to continue to, to take practice and, and yes. not get wound up in it, right? Um, you know, and the, and the converse Definitely. of it, so I'm talking about one where it's, it's something that was adverse, adversely affecting me. The cool thing is if you walk into a situation where there's a lot of amazing energy, I want to suck that up, right? I want to ride that wave right? of that, that great energy. So surf it, if you will, or whatever analogy you want to use. Mm-hmm. Um, ride that wave and feel it. Yeah. And so... You know, you can take that um, even a little further in that if you're having a little bit of a rough day, you can say, okay, what are the places that I seem to soak up energy that makes me feel better? Yes. You know, and kind of keep a running list or just a in your back pocket, you know, just a what are the places that can – shift your energy from low to high from sad to happy from you know and uh and remember to keep those places on your list of places to go maybe preemptively but also when you just need a little pick me up you know where to go because you are soaking in that energy it's going to happen anyway you know and it's not like you're taking anything from anyone but you want to not only you want to keep in mind the places that maybe wouldn't be so great now i have a friend who um who just <laughs> she's she's magnificent and this beautiful powerhouse of energy but she's really really attracted to um um you know energy that maybe isn't the greatest for her <laughs> she, she's a little rebel a little rebel <laughs> so she kind of likes to go kick it up a little bit and um and so there are times where she just thinks it'd be a great idea to like, hey, let's go into this bar and check it out. And I'm looking, going, um, I don't think so. <laughs> you go ahead, <laughs> you know, because I know the second I walk in there, you know, if it's kind of a, I don't know, just the different kinds of vibrations, you know. So bars are a really good example, or restaurants or whatever, you know, kind of the dingy bar, whatever barfly bar. I don't want to go into one of those because I am going to soak that energy up. And what's there? People who are not happy with life, people are sitting around messing up their body day in and day out, you know, and I'm not judging them. That's fine if that makes them happy, but I'm going to walk in and it's really going to take a toll on my energy. And so, well, maybe we could go over to this other place over here and maybe, (laughs) you know, become empowered instead of disempowered. Maybe that would be a good idea. Um, not nearly as much fun, I'm sure, but <laughs> but it is well, once you get yeah, into the groove of it and you find lots of fun, you know. <laughs> Clearly, I have a lot of fun because you know there's just mm-hmm. there's so much good, there's so much good in this world, there's so much fun in this world and light, happy energy. For some reason, we tend to gravitate a lot of us to stuff that maybe doesn't 
help us to feel that way. It doesn't really build up that side of our energy. And so uh, something to watch for, to go to what's familiar rather than a conscious decision to go towards, maybe it is familiar happy, but it's it. a lot of people tend to go to the familiar that's maybe not so great. And that's what we teach our kids. And that's what we do with each other. And so it's important to kind of find the people that don't do that in their own lives because then they're not going to pull you along with them. So let me ask you a question on that. One of it is going back to the whole comfort zone. And when you are making a new habit is when you have the choice between going this way or going that way, sometimes it is just I'm, I'm going to take that conscious step. I'm uncomfortable, but I'm going to take it. And I'm uncomfortable mm-hmm. again, and I'm going to take it. And right. it, it might be the whole two steps forward, one step back, because sometimes mm-hmm. you just need to have that breather, right? <laughs> okay, right. I need to relax. Yep. I've been pushing it. But yep. I, and that's where I think these children are taking us as well is into an area that's out of our comfort zone. Oh, my gosh, and, yes. And when you were talking about... so what about, do we do? We medicate them. We do, right? But, but as a society, that, we medicate wow. them. We do. It's horrifying. And, and, and the, yeah, yeah. It is horrifying. But just when you're talking about eye contact with these little ones and practicing with them, it's almost <laughs> yes. like we're putting on our own little – they're not wearing the training wheels. Right, we are. We are. So, right? Yeah. So let, let, let's yep. put on our training wheels. They're not wheels uncomfortable with, with, with it. They're like, kids. sweet. Yeah. Yeah, let's They're go. not uncomfortable with right? it. Yeah, so put on ours, whether it's with, with the young children or whether it's with a, with a pet or, as you're saying, the, the out of Africa, uh, I think was that what mm-hmm. you called it, yep. um, the, 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 the sanctuary for these animals, wherever it is. It could even be a rabbit for, for that, that matter. Yes. Um, practice, because what, what happens is allowing for that, um, at, at least I, I observed that I'm, I'm taking my own baby steps that way of, taking off um, some of that shell and allowing mm-hmm. for that vulnerability, what I noticed as well is it wasn't just the children, but there were a number of adults and some were in their, 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 the, the 20-somethings, what we might call the millennials, and some right. were actually, you know, 50s and 60s. And, and that whole spectrum in between is there were a number of people that whether we made, eye, and that's a tough one, eye contact, when they mm-hmm. were looking at items or before they left, many would turn around and have a very direct gaze. We'd look into each, other, into each other's eyes, whether it was for five seconds or sometimes much longer, but it right. was that, right, yeah, because you're able to it's, practice with, with the younger ones. Yes, and it's such a gift. If you think about it, it's such a gift when that happens, right? And there's a lot yeah. of times as adults, when that happens, we feel like there's got to be more to it. Right. You know? Exactly. Like, oh, the guy made eye contact with me. The girl made eye contact with me. There must be something there. Well, there is. It's called humanity. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's right. And so That's it's right. such a, it's such a gift, and we kind of have – 
tucked it over here into something that we can make into something else rather than just allowing it to be. And I think people are little by little I'm seeing it because I'm I'm mm-hmm. one who does that. I just I make eye contact if I'm you know, there was this uh I live in Arizona, Flagstaff, and there was this older Native American gentleman who was coming into the bank, and he was probably in his 70s or something and um, had some something on indicating he was a war vet, you know. Um, I forget, some, some shirt or something. And so <clears throat> um, I opened the door for him, and I was coming out, so I just held it open for him, and we made eye contact, and I smiled and said, how are you today, you know, and, but real eye contact, I see you. And he, yeah. that's one thing I really like about the natives out here is that many of them, especially the older ones, they see you, and it blows their mind when one of us sees them back. You know, it's just this beautiful exchange because you can tell it doesn't happen often. And, and so it's, just kind of need to start seeing that happen more and more in your day-to-day life. If you, you know, if you're passing somebody in the hall, make eye contact, just eye contact and smile or nod. It, it changes things. Yeah. It just takes it, it, it to it, another it, level. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I was interrupting you, Terry. Um, it, it's almost like once you get that jolt of your, in your soul, it's like you want another one. It's like, okay, I want another fix, right? Right. I need someone else where I can get that soul-to-soul jolt. Right. And eventually then that will fade, you know, which is kind of nice also because then it just becomes this very peaceful, blissful thing. And it's such a simple thing. This is the beauty of what I do and of what I hope for this show and is that we can help people just bring things that they would consider really out there, just bring it into everyday life and let it transform things for you. It's just as simple as making eye contact, you know, and really making eye contact, not just the false, you know, a lot of times we'll, okay, I'm going to make eye contact. I had a friend here who, um, it was a big goal for her, and she, she did great, but it took her a while to consciously make eye contact with people out in the world. It was a very big deal for her to do that. Just even making eye contact, not even really allowing them in or seeing them or none of that, just making the eye contact was a very big deal. And so if you can get past the just making eye contact and let your shields go down, you know, so that you actually have that interaction. It's spectacular. That and it had to be an amazing metamorphosis. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just such a minor thing that you can do that does change things. And it not only changes things for you, but it changes things for the other people that you're seeing and you're allowing to have that experience as well. And so it's, um, yeah, it's just a simple tool, simple thing, you know. And the kids, that's a good way to start it, the little ones, because we don't have to be afraid of them. We're afraid of each other. 
You know, we are. as people, we're afraid of each other. I want you looking at me. Uh-uh. You see me. What are you going to see? Oh, no. As a psychic, you know, when I worked in Sedona at a center there, and just normal day-to-day stuff, but in the center it was really prevalent, is people come in and they'd say, I don't, what, are you going to know everything about me? I don't want you looking too deep inside. What if you see something that's that's not so good or, you know, and I'm thinking, People are hiding so much from themselves, from the world, from, you know, and it's as a psychic, for me as a psychic, I don't, I don't go in like that because I think it's rude. <laughs> it's just rude. I wouldn't walk into your house. I'm not going to walk into your being, you know. So um, I don't go places that I'm not invited as a psychic, but it's interesting to me that that's for probably the majority of people, they're actually afraid because they don't want to be seen. It freaks them out to be seen. You know, and I'm not seeing anything that they don't want me to see. I'm not going to just be intrusive, you know. But the making eye contact and allowing someone to connect that way is for a lot of people a very big deal. So I think it's good to try and see how it affects life, you know? It's a simple thing. So are you there still? You're very quiet. I am. I am. No, I'm trying to decide whether to ask a question on something. Or I think to, you should uh, because to, I'm out of words. Go further. <laughs> Fantastic. Let me let me help help throw a log on the fire here Um, and and part of this is okay so you and I have had conversations of there 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 are things that are that just come naturally to you right and yes uh, because you you grew up as a psychic and an empath and an intuitive and everything else so all of this is just like, well, what do you mean? When you've said this to me numerous times, it's like, well, you don't feel like that all the time. It's like, no, not really. No, 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 that's, this is new. Um, right. It's, <laughs> it's funny so, because I'm on the opposite side of the fence. I'm looking at you all going, right. I don't get it. And you all look at me right, going, right. I don't get it. <laughs> I, I want some of that, but I, wow, this is, this is really cool. <laughs> I'll have what she's having. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my! Just <laughs> took a whole different turn. You, okay, <laughs> it, it is. But anyhow, um, one of the things you were you were suggesting, and and going down that not that path, but the other path of it's not natural to many of us. I suspect some of the people who will be listening to this. Um, some may already be there, right? But others is like, well, what, what, how do I do that? You had made a comment when, when you're looking at your children and observing your children, or it could be someone, a friend or a, a coworker, whoever that is, understanding how that person processes and translates energy. Yes. What might be some of the... Um, signs, or I will say symptoms, but signs, things to look for to understand how, so if someone is a visual processor or if they hear things, if they're tactile, if they feel it, the the whole inner knowing, whatever that is, what might be some of the things that you observe 
that helps you understand how they're actually processing and understanding energy? That's a really good question. Okay, and it's actually pretty simple. So, like I said, there are four basic manners of <clears throat> communication and receiving of energy. So there's feeling, which is empathic. So you actually feel the energy. Um, typically physically or emotionally, you'll feel it. There's people who are visual. Uh, they call it clairvoyant. And so those are people who see spirits and that sort of thing or see auras or see sight is a very big deal to them. There are people who kind of have this inner knowing and they don't know how they know. They just know. And they're always right, you know, which can make other people really frustrated because there's no logic behind it. They just know. I have a son like that. He just knows. And it makes me crazy because he's usually right and it makes me nuts. But then there are people who are clairaudient who typically hear. So they may hear um, voices. They may hear – it's weird. It's, I have a, a son who has that as his first gift as well. And so it's hard to explain – for me, it's hard to explain the clairaudient one. But it's hearing. So um, these different gifts come in different orders. We, all ha- we have all four of them, but they come in different orders. And so you want to work on – where is a person coming from? What gift are they coming from in life, right? So if they're empathic, they'll typically speak in feeling words. So, and if they're visual, it'll be visual words and so on. So, for instance, uh, an empath, you may say, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm feeling a little, I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling depressed. I'm I'm feeling so-so. It's feeling, 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 feeling. (laughs) So it's pretty good bet that that person is coming from an empathic place, which means they're feeling energy. And it's easy enough to learn to understand that you just Google empathic nature and see what comes up. There's tons of stuff out there. Um, But they will be the ones who feel things so deeply. You know, they get their feelings hurt. They, it's all about the feelings. <laughs> the, clair, the clairvoyant, the ones who are more visual, they'll be um, sort of focused on how things look. Like typically they're ones who like the shoes, the purse, the hairband all match, right? They always look put together. <laughs> typically they always look put together. They've got to have uh, – so because they're visual, okay – like a messy energy will make them crazy. So if they walk into a room and it's a mess, they've got to straighten it up because they perceive energy visually. So they're, they're receiving a mess. So they're the ones that have the super clean house and that kind of thing typically. Um, they like to have things to look at. They tell directions by landmarks. Um, so very visual in their manner of speech and just the way that they present themselves, it matters how things look on the outside. Um, people who have that inner knowing, they tend to be like the absent-minded professors. They'll have a crazy desk, right, piles and piles of paper, but you say, I need that report from you know, six months ago about this, family that we're working with and they can go right in the pile and pull out the piece of paper. They know exactly where it's at. 
um, but they tend to be kind of absent-minded. We used to make jokes about these people. Um, we were going to get <laughs> in one of the places that I taught. We were going to get T-shirts for these people that just said, "Out of body, be back in five minutes," because <laughs> they're the ones who kind of are off in their own little la-la land, you know, and and uh, you kind of have to bring them back down every now and again. They're like a rogue balloon floating, and so. They may seem a little discombobulated and that sort of thing. So those are the people that have that inner knowing. And so when they say something, it may not make any sense to anybody, but kind of watching that person and seeing, okay, when they say these things or they take these actions, are they normally right? You know, because in a lot of cases those people are, and there is no explaining. There's no logical explanation for them to give you. And then the clairaudient people, it's interesting because the things that I find with them are more that they're all about things being fair. So things have to be fair. They're really good leaders. They tend to take leadership roles, um, whether they're given them or not. <laughs> and um, they, they talk a lot about how things sound to them. So, uh, for instance, well, you know, this this new way of running this office or this business sounds like it's going to be difficult. Sounds, everything's in sounds, right? So there are little cues here and there that you can, there's whole personality types that go with it and that kind of thing, but um, does that answer your question? To me, that's fantastic. I've actually been jotting down notes. Like, oh, I never Yay. thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> this is fantastic. Yeah. So I used to do, um, you know, for I was a single mom for a long time, and uh, so I had to do work on the phones, like customer service and that kind of thing on the phones. And so I would listen to how a person was speaking. I would just converse with them, just chat here and there while I'm. Well, let me just check on my computer, and even if I wasn't doing anything, just to get them to chat a little bit so that I could get how they were speaking so I knew how to speak back to them, right? Are they visual? Are they auditory? Are they feeling? Are they just that knowing? So there's different ways to communicate with these people because they do pull that energy in in different ways. So as, you know, as a customer service rep, it was really beneficial for me because I could calm a situation, because if somebody's visual, you don't want to be talking to them in feelings, because they don't care. <laughs> they want right. it to That's look right. right. Oh, yeah. You know, you're not going to be able to get anywhere with them, so you've got to use visual words. Yes. You know, and so it's really knowing the different, it's kind of like the love languages or whatever. It's kind of knowing those languages to speak with people. And it really, you know, coming back to the kids, too, I know we're kind of all over the place, but that's okay because that's how it goes. But coming back to the kids, um, it's very nice as a parent to be able to get a feel for your child. How does this one work with the energy? And then you know how to speak to them. Because if we're somebody, for instance, I'm one who is very empathic. And then the inner knowing thing is kind of next. If I speak to my kids who are very auditory and very just that inner knowing, if I speak to them a whole lot in just feelings, I make them crazy. I make them nuts. <laughs> we cannot get anywhere. 
and they literally become irritated because the energy that I'm putting towards them, the words that I'm putting towards them, is clashing with the way that they translate it. And so as parents, as teachers, as bosses, as mentors, as whatever it is that we might be, or as children taking care of older parents, getting to understand how that person perceives energy and then kind of consciously just shifting how we talk and do things and just kind of play with that, it can really shift our communication with one another. So it's not that we have to change who we are because, again, we, ha- we all have those four capabilities. It's just if we want to communicate with someone or we want to interact with someone, it's good to also speak their language. You know? It's interesting you say that because when, when you talk about these different personality types, I know in, in one of them in particular, so what we're talking about here is the energy processing, but you had mentioned how it translates over or, or mm-hmm. has corollaries, right, in, in the personality types. Yes. Is one well, of them definitely. gets into, okay, this is, this is what you are, but then there was another measure of, and here's your, your adaptability. Here, here's where you are on the scale of adaptability. <clears throat> Meaning, yes. I am an X, Y, Z, but because I'm very adaptable and I can read and work with other people, mm-hmm. it makes it easier for me to get along with them. So when I'm working with a person who, if they're an empath or a clairvoyant or whatever that happens to be, if I can, as you were saying when in customer service, if you can read that, it allows you to change your communication style so it does flow more easily, whether it's the children, parents, colleagues, whatever that is. Houses, um, significant it, others. Yeah. It, those two. Yeah, they, they kind of matter too. Um, <laughs> that, that. <laughs> so I hear. I don't really know. But <laughs> likewise, likewise. Huh. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're going to have fun. Wow. This is going to be yeah, a fun show are, to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. So anyhow, um, but but again, learning that skill of being able to adapt. Don't change who you are, but be able to adjust as necessary. That whole fluidity. Right. Yeah. Because it's just it's just a different level of communication. Right. You know, and it takes two to communicate. We can't just be speaking at people. We need to be speaking with exactly. people. So, yeah. All right. So we have about just a little less than 20 minutes left of our little show here. Um, Perfect. Is there anything that you would like to cover that we haven't? Because we have kind of been all over the place, but I think that's okay because then people, it's like Whitman's sampler of There you go. Things. It's like a box. Life is a box of chocolate. chocolate. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> right. I put a good southern twang in there when I say that, y'all. Yeah. Um, well, so we've been talking a little bit about a communication. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things is that the, the way we communicate is shifting and the different modes of communication. So I don't know if we want to take a little time to talk oh, about yeah. that Might or if well. we want to save that. Yeah. Okay. I and, so. and I think maybe perhaps some of that gets in. Go ahead. I said that fits. Cool. Uh, because some of that, uh, again, since we have just talked about the four basic modes or the four basic gifts, 
when I look at how different communication is today versus a year ago versus five years ago and dot, 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 mm. we're, we're mm-hmm. doing more with symbols. We're doing more with uh, whether it's audible. We're doing YouTube. We're doing Facebook Live. We're doing Snapchat. We're doing all these other modalities. Um, what would you have to say on the, the, the changes that we're seeing in communication styles? Well, <clears throat> let me go to my neutral place because obviously I have my own opinions. <laughs> but <laughs> I think and this what's is not happening is folks, this is communication. <laughs> right. The thing that I'm finding with that is that it's all outflow. Right? So I don't know that I would consider social media and that sort of thing as, yes, it is a form of communication. Do I think that it serves the same in-depth sort of experience that communication can serve? No, I don't think it does. I think that it is creating that distance between people and separation between people because it's got its place, it's lovely, that kind of thing, but communication is sort of a back and forth thing, you know? And so a lot of what you're referring to are things that we put things out and then it's irrelevant if anything comes back or not in most cases. You know, or if, you know, with social media and and even texting and just all that, we put things out and then we wait to see what is going to come back to us. What is going to come back to us? So it's not actually an interaction. It's separate, detached actions occurring. And what I see is that people are finding their self-esteem and their importance by how many people like things or how many people react to things. Or, But we're not actually interacting we're not actually communicating with one another i think to me i feel as if email was about as far as technology could take actual communication and even that was pushing it a little bit and that's just my opinion um i do think that there are a lot of a lot a lot a lot of ways for us to put out information, to put out our thoughts and feelings, to put out our opinions, to put that kind of thing out. And there's the same amount of things for us to receive or to go looking for what people have to say about different things. But there's no connection. That eye contact isn't there. The energetic connection I don't find is there very often. And so it concerns me a little bit, actually, because I think what's happening is, yes, you can communicate, air quotes, with all these different people around the globe, but are you actually communicating with anybody? I find that we're losing our communication skills because we're talking at each other, not to each other. So it concerns me, frankly. I think it can be a great tool, but not if we lose the other. So very interesting um, observation. And I'm, I'm going to put my, my 
used to work in an office hat um, on <laughs> okay. regarding some of these things because it, it's fascinating. Uh, we used to call it the eight foot rule. <laughs> Especially eight when you foot, what is those, that? It's ah, you've never worked in a cube farm, have you? <laughs> um, not <laughs> normal ones, no. Yeah, not right. normal ones. So. One of the funniest things, and again, having come from an engineering background, and sometimes I can be of that mindset, mm-hmm. but sending an email to the person who's sitting right next to you, rather than getting <laughs> up and, and talking, <laughs> seriously, right? It, 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 it would be just hilarious sometimes is someone would send you an email, and of course, I'm going to respond. Um, there, there's uh-huh. that whole expectation of, oh, I sent you an email, you better respond right now. So even though it's that disjointed, the expectation mm-hmm. oftentimes is you yes. are going to respond immediately. Very unhealthy. And it is very unhealthy. And it, it's that little yes. endorphin rush, right? Woo! I have a little ding on me. You've got mail. But <laughs> rather than this flurry of 20 emails going back and forth, for the love of Mike, just stand up and walk over there and talk to the person. Right. Have that energetic <laughs> yeah. exchange. Talk right. to each other. You don't even have to make eye contact if you don't want to, but talk. The, right. the, the other thing that was has been interesting is um, tw- towards the end of my career, I actually managed a team of engineers, and a number of them were millennials, which to me was very refreshing. Mm. But the interesting aspect of that was if you send them an email, because they were more than eight feet away, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they they wouldn't they wouldn't respond, and it's like, and, and it could, yes. three days could have gone by, and you're like, okay, I asked you if you could do that because I I might have been in a meeting or they were in a meeting mm-hmm. or whatever it happened to be, and so you sent this email, and uh, you're sitting there, it's like I don't don't have a response. <laughs> Did they do it? Did they not do it? What what's going on here? Well, one of the things that we learned, so those of us who are boomers or t- close on the tail end of the, 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 the Gen Xers, is mm-hmm. a number of the millennials, at least in, in this work situation, when we talk to them, they're like, oh, no, we just assume that um, you know that I've got it. You sent, me the, you sent me a text. You sent me an email. I've got it. I did it. Mm-hmm. It's done. It's over with. There's no need for me to communicate in return until it's done. That's just wasted communication. Yes, communication skills are dying. Right. It's it's disturbing to me because communication on all the different levels is really what what I teach, right? And yes. I just yes. was having this conversation with my mom about the same thing. She has uh she has quite a few grandkids and then she's got I think she's got eight grandkids and then who knows how many great grandkids, right? None of them stay in touch with her. None of them stay in touch with her. They don't write letters. They don't write emails. She just learned how to text. She's 73, so she just got a phone to text. She didn't want to. She got it. She had to get it to connect to the Wi-Fi and, and all that. But So she's she's now, okay, yeah, I can text. She, But she wants communication, right? And the the kids in my kids' generation or the people in my kids' generation and beyond, they do not tend to the gardens of the relationships in most cases. They don't. Right. Communication is not the same. It's like, you know, it used to be that things would shift over a long period of time. Well, we're talking 
from my generation to my kids' generation, things changed dramatically. Yes. And so we don't even know how to communicate with one another because we're coming from such different worlds. And so it's a little disturbing, more than a little disturbing to me, because then schools are also following suit. They're not teaching people how to communicate. They're following right along with the separation and, you know, the the whole not teaching cursive writing and not teaching how to read a map because – and now I just found that they don't teach spelling or anything either because the computers do it for you. So the cursive writing, okay, the reason I bring that in the map reading up is that those skills connect certain neurons in the brain and teach people how this S leads into a T and the T leads into an O and the O leads into a P and all of those connected make the word stop, right? And so they get to see how the connection together. And so... Um, it rewires the brain or or has a certain on wiring the brain, I should say, to be able to connect things, which leads to communication, actually, because otherwise all the letters are separate, right? Nothing comes together. And it's the same kind of thing with maps. You, I'm here and I want to go there. What are my options of routes? What kind of route do I want to take? So it's how do I get from here to there and actually figuring it out for yourself. That also is something that is used in communication. I need to speak with this person or I'd like to still have my grandmother in my life or whatever. So how do I make that happen? They don't have any of that anymore. Everything is very separate, right? Letters are separate. There's GPS. You don't worry about how you get to a place. The computer will just tell you. And I'm not bashing computers by any means, but but we're losing something very valuable. And so, yeah, these these um, kids today, <laughs> they're they're really losing the skill to be able to communicate with the older people, just the more mature people, the whatever, and to communicate with the people younger than them. So how do we teach anything? How can they they're just on their own now and they just have to figure stuff out because they've not been taught how to connect to the older generation and the younger generation as that cursive S and cursive T and you know there's no connecting at all everything is very separate and very uh counterintuitive to being connected in any way with anything and so it does affect the workplace it affects families. It affects where are these people going to be as the older generation is, is moving on, right? And they've never learned anything from them. There's no wisdom coming down. And I think that's wisdom the biggest. The- when we lose communication, we lose the ability to pass wisdom down. Wisdom is a big piece. And, and what, mm-hmm. what, when you were describing the maps problem solving there's Mm -hmm. part of that that, so so there's the spatial ability that you get from that there's the problem solving that comes from and 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 certainly i am not a video gamer so i'm going to stop and say 
perhaps these video games change all of that. So I, I want to at least allow that maybe there is a different modality, but going back to I have a I have paper in my hand, I've got the, 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 the atlas, I've got the roadmap in my hand, I have a pencil or a pen in my hand, I now have the, uh, oh, I want to say, oh, I'm going to get wrong, but tactile, I'll use tactile for lack of the, the right word in my brain, um, I get that feedback. So going back to the neurons, I'm connecting my, in my case, a left hand to the right brain and everything's all going back and forth together. But problem solving is something that is definitely lacking. And root cause analysis as well is I'm not throwing things at symptoms, mm-hmm. but I'm actually fixing what is wrong. And likely going back to this different way, we're not teaching people how to, they, they can use the technology, but they can't create the technology. Or it's rare right. to be able to create the technology. You're right, we, we are missing that because we're skipping over these other tools that help us connect the dots, yes. if you will. Yeah, they're not unnecessary. They do a lot more no. than people think they do. So well, for the same reason we learned our multiplication tables before we were ever allowed to use a calculator. Right. Garbage in, garbage out. How do you know you get the right output? <laughs> right. Unless you actually know what it should be. You can ballpark it. You could swag it. Spell check is great mm-hmm. until you don't want to. Don't have it. it. Right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very interesting to see what's happening. I think that it's a real disservice that we're doing to the youth, and it's a disservice we're doing to ourselves. Because, you know, as we age, they're the ones coming up and going to be handling things, and we are really dropping the ball. Really, yes. really, on so many levels. We could do so many shows on that one topic. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a little frightening, you know. Yeah. And uh, my hope is I I do see little signs of it coming back around. For instance, there's a big movement for people who um, want to start homesteading, and the the home and the family is and kind of old school teaching, learning to garden, learning to write cursive, learning to do these different things is little by little beginning to come back into style. And um, <clears throat> there are more and more people who that who I work with that are parents that just don't understand, but they're trying so hard to. And so they're open to the fact that perhaps these kids have different needs. And we really didn't even have time to touch on, um, you know, their different nutritional needs, their different learning right. styles, that kind of thing. But I would encourage people to sort of look into uh, Crystal Kids. <clears throat> I know it's maybe a funny name to some people, but it's just just different terms that you can look up on on the Internet. And remember that there's all kinds of garbage there too, but go with your gut and see what feels good. But uh, Indigo Kids are the ones who are kind of in their their 20s and 30s, or I guess 30s now. And Crystal Kids are you know, in their teens and 20s. And so there are these different uh, classifications of kids that are coming through that you can look up and see what do these particular kids do. It's almost like a different blood type or a different um, 
ethnicity or, or something. They, there are different needs that go with each one. And so if you want to get into the science of it, it really has a lot to do with the frequency at which they vibrate. So we're all energy, which means we, you know, which is vibration. You can explain that to people a lot better than I can maybe next time because we're down to about a minute now. Um, but <clears throat> the different frequency at which they resonate creates a different need for different foods, different learning styles, different activity levels, all kinds of things that are very different for each group of kids. <clears throat> and once we begin to understand that, whatever label you'd like to put onto it doesn't really matter. But it's a way for us to begin being of service to these kids so that as they grow up, you know, I mean, we could be in some big trouble. <laughs> we could be in Absolutely some big trouble. we could be. That's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think it's, it's kind of, you know, we're down to – to just a little over a minute, and so I will say that it's important for us as society to really begin to see how are we not serving these kids? How are we dropping the ball? And what can we do in our own individual lives to make a little bit of a difference? Because if we all shift just a little bit, if we make eye contact with little kids or teenagers, I mean, gosh, you do it with teenagers and it just blows their mind. You know, but by that time, they're sometimes a little uncomfortable with it. So anyway, it's time for us to wrap up. We've got like 30 seconds. So I'm going to say thank you to everybody who's listening. Thank you to Sharon for being here. Your website again? RedDogCreationsLLC.com. Very nice. Thank you. She does beautiful work, so you guys ought to go check her out. You can find me thank at you. MysticalTruth.com. And uh, I offer a lot of different services, so feel free to give me a call and see if there's anything we can do for you, psychic readings, life coaching, uh, bringing that mystical aspect into everyday life in a practical way. So everybody have a great day. Thank you so much.